Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, the Lakers and Blazers might have set basketball back like 30 years, but you know what? The Lakers won, so I'll take it. The Lakers were without LeBron James. The Blazers remain without Damian Lillard. The Lakers win 99-94 on the back of Anthony Davis, who in 37 minutes went 10 of 18 from the field, 10 of 14 from the free throw line, which would be a huge development if he can keep that up. 15 boards, 2 assists, 3 blocks, uh, and you know 30 total points. That, that is awesome just incredible to see like that is that is exactly uh what the lakers needed honestly last night and look is it great that it requires that kind of an effort from anthony davis to beat a shorthanded uh, portland trailblazers team no but this is a team that is a few games below 500 this is a team that all year has fought and clawed to remain at or around 500. So, yeah, <laughs> that's what it's going to look like. It's going to take Herculean efforts from LeBron James and or Anthony Davis to make the Lakers function properly, and that's just the spot that they're in. But still, when games like this happen, you have to acknowledge them. And, and by the way, you, you look at this game, you look at the game against Joel Embiid, uh, and and even though that came in a loss, like this is an Anthony Davis that looks significantly more spry. Frank Vogel said after the game that he didn't think AD has his legs quite under him yet. I think there are some stretches where you could probably make that case just in terms of conditioning. But uh, he looks a lot more explosive than he did before the injury. And, uh, you know, and I also think, by the way, it's lending itself to some of the some of his effectiveness in taking his jumper. It's weird, like basketball sports in general like this, right? Where like when I go out and I golf, I don't start by hitting my driver. I start with my wedge and I kind of work my way up, go to wedge. And then my, my favorite iron is my seven iron. So I hit the clubs that give me some confidence. And then I start messing around with the clubs that I need to work on that day. And I think like, that's always how I preferred Anthony Davis kind of go about his game is you know, start with some some momentum builders. Maybe get to the get to the line, uh, get some putbacks and all that good stuff. And then, as you start to feel more comfortable and you develop a rhythm, then you can start messing around with the the fadeaways and 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 mid range jumpers and stuff. No three point attempts on the night for AD, uh, which is fine in my opinion. I I did I had zero problem whatsoever with AD's approach to this game, and just in general, I haven't really had a problem. With I, there are very few problems to point out with AD's play since he came back from the injury. So just keep that up, and hopefully we'll we'll, we'll start to get him on on the right page or on on the right track. Maybe LeBron comes back fairly soon. I'm about to talk about Russell Westbrook, but as these guys all start figuring some things out, maybe just maybe the Lakers can have a little bit of momentum going into the All-Star break. Russell Westbrook uh, on the night. Look, he shot really poorly, 3 of 12 from the field, 1 of 4 from three-point range, 2 of 3 from the line, but 10 boards, 13 rebounds, or 13 assists, a steal, 
And four turnovers, that's about where I would have Russ on a normal night if he's being aggressive. And, you know, that's the creativity tax that he has mentioned before. Uh, he did have the five fouls. I thought one of the more intriguing parts of the game was when Frank brought him back in with about four and a half minutes to go. The Lakers had built a five-point lead at that point, and like, it was a roller coaster. On some plays, Russ gets to the free throw line. Russ creates an offensive, uh, another offensive possession. Other plays, he runs in the opposite direction from <laughs> Norm Powell and gives up a couple three pointers. It was it was just a very Russell Westbrookian fourth quarter, especially in that last you know four ish minutes of that fourth quarter. But uh, look. I know there are a lot of people who would have maybe preferred that Frank keep him on the bench. I I just don't think at this stage, like you have to still keep your long-term goals in mind and try to win basketball games as you try to build towards those goals. And one such goal is getting Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis on the same page here so that when LeBron comes back, you're you still know basically what you're going to be when LeBron is in the fold. The issue is when LeBron would go to the bench and you would have Russ and AD only lineups out there, the Lakers just didn't look particularly great. So uh, if these next handful of games against lesser opponents, uh, let let those guys get on the same page, again, you would prefer not to have LeBron dealing with yet another injury, especially one that's as tough to define or explain as this one is. But but right now, if the Lakers can get AD and Russ on the same page, they can start executing late in the game, they can start executing in the half court, then you, know, you, you can still make use of what is right now a pretty crappy situation. Speaking of LeBron, uh, there is a video and some pictures going around of a what appears to be some kind of swelling on the back of, of uh, LeBron's knee. At some point, I will run those by Jen, see what she says about what she's looking at or what she might be looking at there. Could be bursitis, could just be, you know, a, a, a fluid sack in the back of the knee. Uh, who knows? But as of right now, we know that the Lakers are really focused on getting that swelling down. We know that Dave McMenamin went out and said that LeBron will not play while that selling swelling continues and that they are looking at any number of paths moving forward, um, doing his own research, as one might say. And so for where he is right now and where the Lakers are right now, the Lakers have a few games here where they might be able to squeak out some wins like we saw from them uh, Wednesday night, and the longer they can do that, the more you can afford for LeBron to really kind of sit the, this thing out. I would also add, though, that I, you know, and 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 by the way, LeBron is really really smart in when it comes to his body, and the Lakers have been really really smart and very you know conservative when it comes to LeBron's body, and so I would anticipate even if the Lakers start to slide here. The Lakers will not, under any circumstances, rush this guy back because what you cannot do in a year that you're probably looking at a second-round exit anyway, what you cannot do is risk long-term injuries to LeBron 
by rushing him back, right? We saw what that looked like uh, in that Dwight Mayer season with Kobe where, uh, you know, he's playing way too many minutes. I remember in the game that he actually blew his Achilles, he had like turned his ankle a couple times. And I remember thinking like, is this really worth it? What are we risking here? What is going on? And then eventually we all know how that plays out, not just that season and that night, but Kobe was never really the same after he blew that Achilles. So with the Lakers here, with LeBron, I know uh, it's in his competitive nature, and I know that uh, the Lakers themselves as an organization would you know, rather not quote-unquote waste another LeBron season. But the way that you really waste a potential LeBron season is by rushing him back here and, and trying to get him back for what feels like a damn season anyway. Last thing from this game in particular, I do want to just kind of point out something here that I found interesting. And again, single game plus minus, you never really know. But this is an interesting one to me. In 31 minutes, Malik Monk goes 2 of 10 from the field, 1 of 6 from three-point range, 2 of 4 from the free throw line, 4 boards, only 1 assist. Uh, He had 1 block, 1 turnover, and he finishes the night a plus 11. And I think this is a complete result of the threat he is anytime he steps on the court of getting hot, knocking down three-pointers sh- three in, in, in quick fashion and quick su- succession. We saw, you know, Carmelo Anthony tonight, uh, 8 of 12 from the field, 5 of 6 from three-point range, 3 of 4 from the free-throw line, and he finishes the game a game high, plus 15 on the night with his 24 points. And look, this isn't rocket science. If you can shoot and you allow space for Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook, you are going to really help the Lakers do what they are trying to do out there. And uh, now I would like to see, it it seems right now, you know, Melo plays 33 minutes, Stanley Johnson plays 17. Uh, It seems right now as if Frank is basically going one or the other. I would like to see more of those guys together uh, so that you have kind of a Frankenstein two-way forward between the two of them. Uh, but but regardless, if you can shoot and if the defense cares about you shooting, you are going to be a valuable asset to this Lakers team. And I think that's something that we should probably keep in mind as we head toward a trade deadline. We know that the Lakers have already offered some combination of Taylor Horton Tucker, none and or that 2027 first round pick for Buddy Heald. The way that, and, and look, Heald has some nights, like Tom Ziller and I had a back and forth tonight, uh, or to earlier today on Twitter, you know, where he said, look, conceptually, Buddy Heald makes a lot of sense on the Lakers, but he is also going to have some nights where you <laughs> wonder what the hell you traded THT for. Uh, but still, the Lakers need more of those kind of knockdown shooters that defenses have to rush off the three-point line have to take you know one less step towards the key in help situations those are the types of players that the Lakers are going to need to really rely on this year and you know right now it looks like they have a couple of them in Malik Monk and uh, Carmelo Anthony you'd like to maybe see if you can have one in Austin Reeves but he's so young that I don't think defenses are ever really going to care 
Um, and you probably need like one more of those guys, uh, maybe two, ideally. Uh, and so we'll see if the Lakers are able to figure that out. But but uh, look, 99-94, it was a really ugly game. It was just, you know, everybody watching it was like, God, somebody has to win, but we know for sure that we, the viewers, lost. Uh, but <laughs> you, you take wins however you, can, however you can get them, and this is where the Lakers are. All right, that's going to do it here for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown Podcast. Make sure you guys check out the first episode of Sabrina and Raj talking about actually loving basketball. Uh, that is going to be a really fun combination that I really, truly believe in with those two. Uh, Sabrina, new, by the way, uh, kind of lead writer on the WNBA side for Swish Appeal. I could not possibly be more proud of her and, and the decision that the— that SB Nation is making in investing more on content on in, in, in that regard. Uh, she is still, by the way, because she is Sabrina, uh, going to devote all of herself to still covering the, these Lakers in the most educated fashion she possibly can. And so she and Raj are going to be really smart. They're going to be really entertaining. Uh, and, and they come from two very different perspectives on this Lakers team. So... Uh, I cannot wait to check their show out. It'll be up probably by the time you guys are listening to this. So if you've listened to it already, thank you. If not, fix that. Until tomorrow, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.